1: Well, hey there, future paleontologists. I'm Dinosaur George, and welcome to my show. I would imagine most of you are out of school, and it's time for the summer. And a lot of you will be doing some traveling, and so I'm going to try to record as many podcasts as I can so that while you are out traveling around, you have something to listen to for everybody out there. Hope you're doing great. Very excited. My podcast is now listened to in over 88 different countries across the world. That's exciting. I said over 88. It's actually 88 as of this morning I checked. And there's been well over 65,000 downloads. So that means that 65,000 people have downloaded or at least uh, that many. That's how many times they downloaded the podcast. So it's popular, and I'm very excited about that. Before we get started, I wanted to give a couple of shout-outs. First one is very important. I was at my dinosaur museum-slash-store at Trader's Village in San Antonio, and I look up, and I see two young people with the biggest smiles on their faces, and they're wearing the coolest dinosaur clothes I've ever seen, Sophia and Wyatt, all the way from Florida. And their mom and grandmother, and by the way, their mom was wearing a dinosaur dress, too. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Sophia, who is a uh, Patreon club member who goes by the name Kittysaurus, what a great name, and Wyatt, who is also a Tyrannosaur Patreon Club member. He goes by the name Dino. Those two stopped by to say hi, and I had so much fun. I had such a good time seeing them. I'm so glad, so glad that you guys stopped by and I got to meet you. And I really enjoyed talking to you two and your mom and your grandma. Thanks for stopping by. Then last Saturday, I got to be part of Caleb's birthday. Caleb was a blast. It was so smart. Caleb, you know so much about dinosaurs. I had such a good time with Caleb and his friends and his family. Thank you for letting me be a part of your birthday celebration, Caleb. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And then Sunday, which was yesterday, I was speaking at the San Antonio Zoo. And I'm speaking out at the San Antonio Zoo a lot of weekends, like all through June, July, and August. I think all the way into September, I believe. But it's always different days, different times. But while I was out there, Abby, Case, Joshua, and Jacob came up. And those four knew more about dinosaurs than anybody I've ever seen. And they were so much fun. And I hope you and guys, you guys and your sister enjoyed learning about dinosaurs. You were a lot of fun. It was great seeing you guys. And I hope you enjoyed that. I also want to give a shout out to the different places I've spoken to. For instance, the San Antonio Zoo. I spoke at Virial Elementary in San Antonio. It was a blast. Got to do another virtual lesson for West Bank Library in Austin, Texas. I got to go speak at the Cuero Public Library in Cuero, Texas. And then I went to Yorktown Elementary in Yorktown, Texas. The public library had me come in and speak to the students at the at the school so i got to see all of the elementary students at Yorktown Public Library which was a lot of fun i got to go see the students at Blatman Elementary in San Antonio and then i got to do a virtual lesson for North, North Richland Hills Library in Richland Hills North Richland Hills Texas i got to do two virtual shows for the New Braunfels Library i got to go in and see the students at Children's Courtyard in New Braunfels Texas I got to do a virtual lesson for the Anything Library in Thornton, Colorado. I got to see the um, the guests at Allen Public Library in Allen, Texas. And then, starting today, which today is Monday, I wonder what the day is today, what the date is today. I think it's Monday the seventh. That's today's date. I am starting a series for the Whitehead Museum. I'm doing virtual lessons for the Whitehead Museum, and I'm doing those for the next month. So that's shout-outs to all of those young people that I got to see and I got to visit and I got to talk to, and a shout-out to all of the different organizations that brought me in. If you would like for me to speak at your birthday or a private lesson for you or speak at any library that you know, we can do virtual lessons all over the world. So when we come back, we're going to get right into our feature creature.
0: You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at dinosaurgeorge.com and order your own private lesson today.
1: So a young friend of mine through the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page had asked me to do a lesson on Myasauro. And so I'm doing a lesson on, or a, a podcast, on Myasauro. Now, Mayasaurus, this is one of the few dinosaurs whose name doesn't end in the word rus. It's not Myasaurus. It's Myasauro. And that one is mispronounced oftentimes. Like, for instance, you know, Stegosaurus, Tyrannosaurus. um uh, Allosaurus, they always end in R-U-S. But this one ends in the letters R-A, Mayasora. The name Myasura means good mother reptile. Sometimes you see it as good mother lizard. That's because the names are not in English. They are usually in Latin. And so it translates differently. Some people say reptile, some say lizard. It's the same. I always say good mother reptile. I don't like to use the word lizard when I'm describing dinosaurs, because when you use the word lizard, your mind kind of in- imagines them being a, a giant lizard, and that's just not the truth. They are not giant lizards. They are certainly reptiles, but they are different from lizards. So, myasauro means good mother lizard. Now, these are what we would consider a medium-sized dinosaur. They're 9 meters long, which is 30 feet. That's big compared to you and I, but it, it's a medium sized dinosaur. And they could weigh, any, weigh anywhere between maybe 4 to maybe 7 tons. I don't think they made what weighed much more than that. They are found in Montana in a formation called the Two Medicine Formation. The layers of dirt are given names. There are names like the Hell Creek Formation. That is telling you the name of the layer of dirt and the time period they lived in. The two-medicine formation is from the late Cretaceous, and that formation is found in Montana. Now, myosaur lived during the late Cretaceous about 76.7 million years ago. This is a dinosaur that is a biped slash quadruped. And what I mean by that is it could walk on two legs, or it could walk on four. So, Myasaua is a biped or quadruped. It could be either one. And Myasaua is an herbivore. This dinosaur was discovered in 1978, but didn't get its name until 1979. Now, why did it take a year for the dinosaur to get a name? Well, when a paleontologist finds bones... The first thing that he or she has to do is figure out what they found. They have to figure out what they found, which dinosaur did they find. So to do that, they would look at the two medicine formation. That means the layer of dirt that it was found. And they would compare it to all the other dinosaurs that were found in that formation. If they don't find a match, then they look at other formations from the same time period the late Cretaceous, and they go through all the books and all the online resources trying to figure out who this dinosaur is. And if they can't find that someone else has already found it, then they have to do something called describe it. And that means they have to write a scientific paper explaining why they think this is a new kind of dinosaur. They have to say how big it is, where it lived, what it ate, all the details about it. Well, not what it ate, but but what kind of food it ate. Was it a carnivore? Was it an herbivore? Was it an omnivore? Once they've done all that study, they present their paper to another group of scientists who look over their work to make sure they haven't made a mistake. That is called peer review. Peer review. Is where other scientists look at the work of a scientist to be able to say, yes, we agree, this is a new dinosaur. What do you want to name it? And whoever discovered it or, or wrote the paper can come up with the name. So when they named Myasura, they named Myasura the good mother reptile because they were found alongside of the eggs. And the nests gave up information about them. So that's why it took a year to get a name. Because they have to describe it. They have to excavate it. They have to dig it up. They have to describe all of the bones. And they have to prove they found a new dinosaur. And that's what they did with Myasaura. Myosaur belongs to a group we call hadrosaurs. Sometimes we call them duck-billed dinosaurs, because they have a flat beak. That does not mean they lived in the water. These are land animals. These are terrestrial animals. An animal that lives its life on land is called a terrestrial animal. Myasaura was a terrestrial animal, a land animal. Now, I told you that they found eggs around this dinosaur. This dinosaur, they found babies in the egg. They found young, they found medium age, they found adults. That's very rare when it comes to dinosaurs, but because of that, they are able to understand all kinds of things about these dinosaurs. For instance, by the time they were three years old, they were like already almost a full-grown animal. They, they probably lived to be, a, well, they probably, probably by the time they were eight, they were about as big as they were going to get. But by the time they were three, they were almost as big as they would be as an adult. They grew very quickly. Plant-eating dinosaurs have to grow quickly because when you're small, you are defenseless and carnivores can eat you. So these dinosaurs, it appears that they became sort of like an adult by age of three And by eight years old, listen, they're completely grown up. So can you guys imagine if you were three years old and you're like, okay, well, I'm now an adult. Look at me. Ooh la la. Now, what's really cool about these dinosaurs is it appears that they came back to the same place to lay their eggs year after year after year. We see that with a lot of birds. We see that with sea turtles they always come back to the same place. We see that with fish. Once animals find a place to lay their eggs, that's safe. It's a place that's safe. And it's a place where mom and maybe dad have food available to them. And they have water where they don't have to leave the nest for a long period of time. Once they find those perfect places, that's where they always come back to lay their eggs. So myosaurus seem to do that. And Myasaurus, not only did they always come back to the same place, but they built their nest very close to each other. So when all of the moms, we're assuming the moms are sitting on the nest or at least sitting by the nest, they are very well packed. There are a lot of them in there. There's bunches of them. They have to be very careful not to step on each other's eggs. But they probably do that for protection so that a small carnivore can't sneak in and sneak in and grab an egg or grab a baby from the nest. If the adults are all close together, that means there's going to be, there's safety in numbers. You have a lot more eyes looking for danger. If some sneaky little meat eater came in, they would start to sound an alarm and they would all be prepared to squash the poor little meat eater if it came in. Now they laid between 30 and and 40 eggs. That's a bunch. That's a bunch. And their eggs are about the same size as the egg of an ostrich. So when we see an animal that lays a lot of eggs, that tells us that that animal, they're not. Let me see. How do I put this? Um, It's very likely that they're not going to survive to become adults. If you have lots and lots and lots of babies, that's because a lot of your babies aren't going to make it to be an adult. And the goal of every living animal is to have babies so that you can continue the species. So the goal is to have babies so that there's always more of you. Well, if you only have like, if you only laid like one or two eggs, that would suggest that, hey, those babies have a good chance of becoming adults. But when you lay between 30 and 40 eggs and you have 30 or 40 kids, you do that because you know, unfortunately, a lot of them are probably not going to survive to become adults. Now, I told you that, um, that they named this dinosaur the Good Mother Lizard because, it, because of the nests. What they found is the baby stayed in the nests for a very long time. As they grew up, mom and maybe dad brought food back to feed them, and that's why they said, well, this is a good mother. Because in most of the animal kingdom, it's usually the moms, the females, that take care of the young, so that's why scientists would assume or guess that it was probably the female dinosaurs did the same thing. It's not always true. Like swans, for instance, both mom and dad take care of the babies, but because the nests were so close together and it was so tightly packed, I don't think each nest could have a mom and a dad beside it. There's not enough room. Maybe the dads were all around the outside of the nesting area defending the babies, or maybe they took turns like penguins or like puffins. They take turns taking care of the baby. One goes out to find food. The other stays there and defends the baby. So maybe they did the exact same thing. But whatever the case, since mom and maybe dad or both were bringing food back to the nest, that's why they said this was a good mom. I mean, they could have named it the good father reptile too, I guess. But they went with the idea that probably it was the females taking care of them. So, they know that mom and maybe dad was taking care of them. That's why we call it the good mother. Now, laying the eggs and hatching the eggs is important. And I don't know if Myasaurus sat on the nest or not. They may have covered the nest with leaves. Do you know as leaves begin to decompose, they the bacteria that's eating the leaves causes heat? So, They could cover the nest with leaves, and as the leaves would rot, that would heat up, and maybe that's how they incubated the babies inside. I don't think mom could sit on the nest. Maybe she could. You know, I I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Again, remember, I said the nests are real close together. That would be hard to sit beside your nest. Maybe it makes more sense that they were sitting on the nest, but they wouldn't put all of their weight on it. Maybe they would kind of put their foot on either side of the nest and kind of squat over them to keep the babies warm with their body heat that we don't know, but whatever the case, they did a good job of raising the babies, but the babies after that would have a difficult time becoming an adult. And that was probably because of predators. Now at the time of myasauro, the two main predators that lived in that same, that have been found in that same formation, that same layer of dirt, Well, one of them was Troodon. The other was Despletosaurus. Troodon is the sneaky one, sneaking in maybe at night to steal eggs, sneaking in and grabbing babies out of the nest under cover of darkness. Troodon has pretty big eyes. So maybe it was sneaking in and stealing them. But Despletosaurus is giant. He's not messing around with eggs. They're not messing around with babies, they're out there eating the adults. And the problem is that the adults really didn't have weapons. They certainly had their tail, which might have been able to be, you know, they think they used to kind of slap and defend themselves with their tail. But remember at the beginning, I said there is strength in numbers. Scientists believe that a herd of myasora may have been up to 10,000 individuals. 10,000 Mayasauras. You don't have to have weapons. Your sheer numbers is a weapon, a stampede. Let's say they see a Despletosaurus coming in for the attack. They can all turn and run away, or they can all turn and run towards it. Just their numbers alone, it would be like a wave hitting a Despletosaurus. They would knock that thing down and they would step on it and stomp on it. And they could probably kill a dyspletosaurus just by trampling it under their feet. So when you see a picture of a dinosaur and it doesn't have horns or spikes, don't you let yourself believe that that dinosaur is defenseless. But again, remember back to what I said, when you are laying 30 or 40 eggs, you don't expect you to be able to have that many grown-up kids. They're not going to make it. So Despletosaurus is picking off the young and medium-sized ones. Truodons could have been searchly, certainly getting the hatchlings, like the newborns, but they all had to be careful. But the role, you know, and it sounds sad when you go, oh my gosh, these babies didn't grow up. But you have to remember that there is a balance of nature. If meat eaters did not eat the plant eaters, the plant eaters would eat all of the plants. The plants make oxygen. All life would die if there was too many plant eaters. Don't think of Despletosaurus and Truodon as being mean. Think of them as doing their job in nature. And if there are 10,000, if there are 10,000 mysauras, somebody has got to keep those numbers down. Now, the last thing I want to tell you about myosaura is about their teeth. Their teeth were made for chewing really any kind of plant they wanted to eat. They were made for grinding. They have tiny little teeth, one on top of another, on top of another, row after row after row. They may have had a thousand teeth in their mouth. They could stand up on their back legs to reach up into the higher parts of the trees, or they could lower their head down to the ground and stand on all fours and eat close to the ground. They had a very big flat beak, like I said, but that was for grabbing lots of plants. But inside the stomach of some of the mysauro, paleontologists found the fossilized remains of different plants. And what did they find? They found tree bark, leaves, branches, ferns, even rotting wood. That means that these dinosaurs could eat anything. And why is that important? Because remember, if there are 10,000 of you, you have to eat anything you can find. There's not a lot of food to go around. So during the time that they're laying their eggs, I think they would eat anything bark. They don't like bark, but they probably eat it just to be able to survive because they're not able to just lay the eggs and walk off and leave the babies because the babies would never survive. One truadon would eat every single baby in the nest in one day. So the parents are having to stay there and that means they can't walk away too far to find food. So during the nesting season, or if for instance, there was, um, uh, if there was a drought season, they could eat absolutely anything, absolutely anything plants my, I mean, they could eat any kind of plant Alright when we come back We're going to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page And I'm going to mention some of the people That sent me really really cool pictures I hope that uh, you liked Your uh, lesson uh, Or your podcast on Myasora. So when we come back we will talk About the uh, Dinosaur George Kids uh, Facebook Group page mm-hmm.
0: Or someone you know, like fossils, rocks and minerals? Our web store is filled with amazing crystals, geodes, real fossils and replica dinosaur claws, teeth and more. Our prices are affordable and we do not add excessive shipping fees. Go to dinosaurgeorge.com and order your items today.
1: All right. For any of you, if you would like to follow me on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page, it is free and open to everybody. Just get your parents to join. And here is where you can post cool pictures. And speaking of that, I have a project for everyone, if you would like to do it. If you would like to, I would like for you to either draw me a picture of a Sora sitting by a nest of eggs or draw me a picture of dinosaur eggs in a nest. Or if you have toys, see if you can get all of your plant eaters packed together into a group as if they have a big nesting area. Pull some little pieces of grass from your yard and make a little tiny nest next to some of your plant eaters because you may not have a myosaur toy, but any toy will work. So I want you to either draw me a picture of a nest or make me a little nest out of leaves next to one of your toy dinosaurs and post it on the Dinosaur George Kids page. And if you do, I will give you a shout-out for putting it on there. Now, let's start. Six-year-old Owen wanted his mom and dad to send me a picture out of his dinosaur encyclopedia of paleontologists working. Well, Owen, I love this picture. I think it's amazing, and I hope one day... They'll take a picture of you and I as we are digging up a dinosaur together. Then Gideon sent a picture, said, here's my who would win. Oh, nice. Gideon sent me a who would win. T-Rex versus Triceratops versus Compsonathus versus Allosaurus versus two Brachiosaurus. And the T-Rex is trying to defend its food. Boy, I love these pictures, Gideon. That's really, really cool. Nicely done. Then here's one of the projects I gave Andrea M posted a picture or posted a, um, a scene of an Ankylosaurus protecting her young from Tyrannosaurus Rex. If you listen to the Ankylosaurus podcast, that was the project that I gave was to have an Ankylosaurus defending her young. And here it is, Andrea, that is absolutely beautiful. I love that. And I like the backdrop too. That makes it look even cooler. Reed wrote to me and said, did some dinosaurs curl up in a ball to protect themselves? I read That's a very interesting question. Their, their bodies are not made that way. They couldn't curl up into a ball because those that had armor on their back, Reed, that armor is so stiff, they couldn't bend it. And so there's not really dinosaurs that could do that, that could protect themselves. But <coughs> excuse, me, every, <coughs> excuse me, everyone for coughing. I have allergies and they are really causing me to cough and my voice sounds kind of crazy. So um, uh, they probably didn't read. They probably did not have that ability, but some of them had so many spikes and so many different weapons. They really didn't even need to do that. That's a great question. All right, let's see. Um, Looks like, uh, oh, this is interesting. Um, uh, a young Miss Mankin, Missy, sent me a picture and said, "Does anybody know what this dinosaur is?" Asking for help. That dinosaur, the way it's standing, I actually think that might be Plateosaurus. It doesn't have the right body to be Gallimimus. I think it. I think it's Plateosaurus. To be honest with you. All right, then there's a picture. Ah, there's a picture of Emilio Raptor, my little friend Emilio Raptor. Last Sunday, yesterday, I was out at the San Antonio Zoo and Emilio Raptor came out to see me. And if you'd like to see some pictures, Emilio helped me with my presentation. If you'd like to see, there's a bunch of pictures of him posted on there, which is crazy, super cool. All right, Ozzy, four years old. And I think it, uh, okay, this is also cool. His dinosaur name is terra Ozisaurus Rex or Terra-Ozidon. <laughs> That's cool. And I think you pronounce it Ozzy. I don't think it's AZ, but it might be. But what great scenes you put together, buddy. These are cool. He's got grass and he's got a Triceratops and a, and a Stegosaurus both eating. He set up a whole scene on a board. This is great. I love that picture. That is so cool. And then there's a picture of Wyatt and Sophia. I gave them a shout at the beginning. Their picture is posted. You can see their cool dinosaur dress and dinosaur shirt. And by the way, there's a picture of us together, and I'm holding baby blue. So that was so cool. I hope you guys enjoyed that visit. All right, Phoenix sent a video, a video of a Triceratops being surrounded by carnivores. Oh, man, Phoenix, great video. Oh, I hope that Triceratops makes it, but he's got some pretty heavy weapons around him. That is super crazy cool. Then Asher, who is three years old, sent a video of his favorite dinosaurs. And I'm glad you guys love the podcast. Asher, here's a shout out to you. I love your basket full of dinosaurs. I really like the one that's a skeleton. And I see you hiding behind your eyes, by the way. I see you covering your eyes, but I still see you, you little stinker. So you don't need to be shy. Oh, those dinosaurs are great. And I loved that video. All right. Uh, Joel sent some really nice dinosaurs. Ooh, that's a cool T-Rex. That's a whoa, that's a cool T-Rex. And then you have a Triceratops skull and it looks like you have meat eaters around it. I love that very much. You sent some other pictures of all of them attacking a Triceratops. Good job, Joel. I like that very much. Uh, Oh, and this is so cool. In the Mills family, their seven-year-old sent a picture of her baryonyx drawing with a tiny Carnotaurus and Ankylosaurus, I mean, Ankylosaurus's tail in the background and Parasaurolophus in the water. Well, that is so cool. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I love your picture. And that's really, those are great. I really like that a lot. That, that is a great baryonyx, and it's got a fish in its mouth. I like that very, very much. Hey, by the way, for everybody, um, I mentioned earlier that I'm speaking for the Whitehead Museum on Zoom, and they are making it open to everyone. If you look up the Whitehead Museum, that's one word, the Whitehead Memorial Museum, they post the login details, and you are welcome to join us. If you would like, okay, and that's on the that's on the uh, Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page as well. All right, let's keep going. Oh whoa, whoa! The oh wow, uh, Kelly uh, Kelly Bowman sent pictures of her family visiting Utah's Mill Canyon, looking at the dinosaur tracks. Oh guys, you look like you're having so much fun, and you found such cool tracks, and I love that. My little buddy, Buddy Utred sent pictures of plant eaters versus meat eaters. Oh, you guys got to see this scene. That's amazing. That is amazing. And then Rainin. Rainin, here's a shout out to you. Last week, the weekend before this past one, you came out and you um, came to see me at the zoo. And there's a picture of you and I, as a matter of fact, there's a picture of you holding Uh, Draco Rex. And I am so glad. I am so glad that you graduated and that you said you wanted to be a paleontologist. Thank you for posting the pictures. They were amazing. All right. Uh, Eamon loves dinosaurs. And mom sent me a picture how they spent their lockdown in Melbourne. Well, listen, those dinosaurs are great. And Eamon, I believe it's pronounced Eamon, not Eamon, but it might be pronounced Eamon. You guys have to forgive me when I mispronounce names. I'm terrible at pronunciations. But I love those dinosaurs. They look great and the pictures are great. And, oh, you're even wearing a dinosaur shirt. Shout out to you, my little friend. Those were great. All right. Uh, Then, uh, let's see. Nathaniel. Ten-year-old Nathaniel sent some pictures of, oh, wow. Oh, wait a minute. It's a picture of me in a stegosaurus costume. Okay, why am I in a stegosaurus costume? That is so cool. Nathaniel, uh, this is so cool. I love your pictures, by the way. They are absolutely awesome, nicely done. Elijah, age six, from right here in Texas, drew a picture of a brachiosaurus with chalk and then added spikes Because Dino Dana's had spikes on hers. Very, very good, Elijah. Love it. You even wrote its name. I love that thing, and that's absolutely great. Now, little Martha has been listening to the podcast on a road trip to Utah, and she drew a Giganotosaurus and a Triceratops on the drive. Martha, I love your drawings. I am so proud of you, and I'm glad that you were listening to the podcast. I love that very much. Then Rita sent a Stegosaurus paper puppet. Ah, that's awesome. I love those colors, too. Those colors are great. Nice job, Rita. There's your shout-out, my little friend. That is great. And then, Mariana sent Spinosaurus eating Dinosaur George while battling a T-Rex. I Wait a minute. What was that middle part? Let me read that again. Spinosaurus eating Dinosaur George while battling eating Dinosaur George? You little stinker. You little stinker. A Spinosaurus. I'm screaming help. You little stinker. Why do I always get eaten? I love your drawing, Mariana. You little stinker. (laughs) That was great. That was really good. All right. Uh... 10-year-old nephew Giovanni, also they call him Jojo, is obsessed with dinosaurs. So am I, my little friend. So am I. Now, he makes all of his models out of clay. Oh, check them out. They, You guys posted about 20 pictures of all. Listen, you are very talented, Jojo. You are very talented, and I'm very, very proud of you. Those are great, and thank you for posting them. Here's your shout-out, Jojo, for being a great sculptor. Very, very impressed. Ah, my little friend, Malia. Malia did some drawings of dinosaurs, and she wanted to share them with everyone, and they look great. I love that triceratops. I love that skunk. Wait, did I just say skunk? I'm sorry. I didn't see a skunk. Maybe I was thinking of your brother. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Malia, I love that. You're such a good artist, and I'm so proud of you, honey. All right, Lucas drew a Carcharodontosaurus, making the earth shake with his roar and stomps. Nicely done. Nicely done, Lucas. I love it. That's a scary Carcharodontosaurus. Whoa. Whoa. All right, Owen, six-year-old Owen, wants to know what would happen when Dominus rex, Scorpius rex, Spinosaurus raptor, and Indoraptor fight. That would be a crazy, crazy battle. I can't even begin to imagine what would happen there. But let's just say there would be lots of claws and jaws. <laughs> All right, uh, here's one from Carlos. Hi, Dinosaur George. My son Lucas, who is three and a half, loves your podcast and was wondering if you can do an episode on one of his favorite dinosaurs, Pachyrhinosaurus and Diablo Ceratops. We recently visited the Dinosaur Track Museum at Saint George Johnson Farm, or Johnson's Farm in Saint George, Utah, and loved it. I'm glad you guys went, and I'm glad Lucas enjoyed it. That's a great place. Pachyrhinosaurus and Diablo Ceratops. Yes, I need to do more Ceratopsians. I'm glad you reminded me. I'm going to add those to my list because we definitely need to do that. All right, Xavier made his own who-would-win battle with Indominus Rex versus Blue, the Velociraptor. Well, since Blue is in the mouth of Indominus Rex, Xavier, you are correct, my friend. That is the winner. Indominus is the winner. Winner. Very good. And then uh, Ridley and Anaki, ages five and three, visited the Virginia Museum of Natural History and saw my favorite dinosaur, Allosaurus. That is so cool. And Ridley, who loves a podcast, wants to know how big T-Rex's teeth got. Ridley, their teeth could, could be about 11 inches long. Ask mom to see if she can find a ruler or to help you out. That's about the length of a sheet of writing paper. That's, that's a great question. All right. What else? Felix. Felix created a super colossal battle. And I love those pictures. All of you guys have to go to, you have to join the Dinosaur George Kids group because these pictures are great. Jack, age five, Henry, age three, created an amazing scene of Ankylosaurus protecting her baby from Utah Raptor. And I'm glad that you guys enjoyed the Gastonia and Ankylosaurus podcast. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Henry. Shout out to both of you. Let's see. Here's one. Hi, dinosaur George. Kelly from Melbourne, Australia is currently homeschooling during a lockdown. Kelly wanted to share this picture she drew for you. She says, I put Brachiosaurus, giraffe, baby T Rex, and you in the battle. Okay. All right. Now, Kelly, why am I being put in these battles? Would you please stop putting me in these battles? By the way, I loved your picture. I love it. Is that me under? That better not be underneath that Brachiosaurus. That is so cool. You did such a good job, and I'm so proud of you. I absolutely love it. That's really, really good. All right. Uh, let's see. This is from the Macintosh family. We found a rock in our garden that is egg shaped, and we like to pretend that it's a fossil dinosaur egg. Seen here with our T Rex tooth for scale. I got us thinking could dinosaurs bite through rocks? They probably couldn't bite through rocks, Macintosh family, but. They swallowed rocks, some of, the, some of the herbivores swallowed rocks to be able to help grind their food. All right, Rowan drew a Carcharodontosaurus after he listened to the Carcharodontosaurus podcast. Very, very nice. We were wondering how it keeps its balance walking. Well, their head and their front part of their body was balanced and weighed the same as the back part, the tail. And that's how they We're balanced. Peyton wants to know if any branches break when dinosaurs were on them. Yes, Peyton. If it was a kind of a heavy dinosaur on an old branch, absolutely they would. And you would hear them go snap, crackle, plop. Yeah, you heard me. Snap, crackle, plop. Okay, that was funny. You all better be laughing because that was a Rice Krispies joke. (laughs) Ha ha. Peyton age six and a half from Kansas city. I listened to your podcast. So I did the scene with a pterodactyl and brachiosaurus. I think Raptor and a T-Rex. These are great. Love these scenes. This is great. Peyton. This is a good one. I'm very, very proud of you. Nicely done. All right, let's see. Uh, Marlowe family sent me a picture of something they found. I will try to look at that and see if I can figure it out in a little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, Samadarshi loves the podcast, and he asked that uh, his mom or dad shared a picture that he drew. This is great. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait one minute. Does that say T-Rex versus dinosaur? You little stinker. Why are you throwing me in these pictures? I'm being attacked by a copy and a velociraptor. You little stinker. (laughs) I love it. I better survive. I better lift up my arm and use my deadly stink power to defend myself because that is the greatest weapon in the world. Xavier sent me a picture of a little dinosaur toy and wanted to know what it was. I believe it's a Gallimimus X. I think it's a Gallimimus. All right. <coughs> Excuse me while I cough. Here's one from Byron who said, Thank you for the shout out the last podcast. He was at the Oakland Zoo in California today and saw this prehistoric reptile. You'd like to know what you think it was. What are your thoughts? Looking at that, I believe that is either, that is Sarcosuchus. I believe that's Sarcosuchus. I'm almost certain that's who it is. Sarcosuchus. That's who I think it is. Nicely. That's a good picture, and I appreciate you sending that. Okay, let me just go down here. I'm trying to make sure I get everybody... Uh, Emmerich is curious why pachycephalosaurus are shown battling each other head to head. You know, that's just a misconception. Uh, Emmerich, I don't believe they did. I don't believe they did. Um, let's see. And by the way, uh, Jennifer, it was so nice meeting you guys. It was so nice meeting you and your son who was hilarious. I saw you at the museum and at the zoo. It was great. Then Reed woke up with another question. Did did flying pterosaurs swim? Yes, they probably could swim, Reed. They would do what is called the breaststroke, which is kind of use their wings to like flap and try to get to the water. They probably didn't like it, but that they could. They had to be able to. All right, let's see. Miles, age five, sent great pictures. Loved. I love your scenes you set up. These are great. And your video is amazing. These are great. Uh, did your dinosaur just cough up a car? All right, that was pretty crazy. It has a time tunnel so people could drive through time. That is, oh, so that's a time tunnel. Love it, Miles. Nicely done. Very proud of you. Let's see. Cian or Cian? Uh, you guys have to remind me. I think it's Cian. Cian visited the Minnesota Science Museum and took a picture in front of my favorite Allosaurus. I am so thankful. Thank you, buddy. I love, love, love Allosaurus. That's awesome. Then Lulu, age five, sent me a drawing of a Smilodon eating an ancient horse. Oh, that is great. Lulu, that is really, really good. And I like, that's great. That's really, really cool. Those are great. Let's see. Liam Alexander and Jackson sent me a picture. They were at the Royal Terrell Museum in Drumheller. Oh wow. That's where they went last summer. Hopefully it opens again. Well, if it does, I'll fly out there and maybe we can meet there and we can go through. Uh and Liam's third brother, by the row, drew a picture of a T Rex eating a long neck. That is amazing. That is amazing. Jackson sent a picture of a sauropod with a big pterodactyl. Oh, by the way, Hennessy posted Hennessy is a member of the um of the uh Patreon Club. She wrote, uh, she sent me a beautiful, beautiful drawing of a Brachiosaurus. And then, oh, wow. Uh, Joanna sent her first picture of Carcharodontosaurus. I love this. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was Caroline who drew it. Caroline, you're a very gifted artist. Very gifted. All right. Uh, Jasper sent me a really cool picture. I love it. Jasper sent another picture. Um, uh, oh, look at that. This is, oh, this is so, so cool. This is absolutely great. Uh, saw sent a picture of her daughter's dinosaur birthday party, and you did such an amazing job. You guys did amazing. Lucia sent pictures, all of you. You guys did such a good job. I'm so proud of all of you. Uh, Levi sent a really good picture. JW has posted some amazing pictures as always. So I hope I got everybody. I hope I didn't miss anybody. When we come back, we are going to do some Ask Dinosaur George, and then we are going to do some Who Would Win, and we are going to end it with another interview with a Patreon member. I hope you will consider joining the Patreon club. You get lessons Every month, the the Patreon Club starts at a dollar a month, and for one dollar a month, you get one lesson each month. If you join the Raptor Club, that's five dollars a month, you get a free Raptor Claw replica, and you get two lessons a month, and you get some other stuff. And if you join the highest membership, which is the T Rex membership, then <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> you get a Raptor Claw replica. And a T-Rex tooth replica. And if your name is chosen, you get to be interviewed on a podcast. So I hope you guys will consider joining the Patreon club. We do some really fun stuff. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun! We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind the scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today! Do you have any questions
0: about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at DinosaurGeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George.
1: All right. All of the Ask Dinosaur George questions, these I dedicated this podcast to only those that I've received from Patreon members. I get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of questions from young people all over the world. But for this particular podcast, I was only able to fit in a few because I knew this podcast was going to go kind of long. So these are all Patreon members. But if you would like to submit a question, you can do it through the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Or you can go to dinosaurgeorge.com, click on the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page, and there's a form that you could submit your question. It's just for this particular one. I'm only choosing Patreon members, but I'm not going to do this all the time. You do not have to be a Patreon member to ask a question. It's just this one particular uh, podcast. So this first one comes from Lucas. Hi, Dinosaur George. My question is, did Carcharodontosaurus eat Suchomimus? Ah, interesting question. These two dinosaurs didn't live at the same time. So, Suchomimus, I think, is early Cretaceous, and I think Carcharodontosaurus is mid-Cretaceous. So, Lucas, they probably didn't see each other. But if they did, if they did, then yes, it would, because Carcharodontosaurus is a big, big carnivore. All right, Reed, age six, would like to know, did some flying reptiles live at the same time as the dinosaurs? They did, Reed. Yes, pterosaurs were living with the dinosaurs at the same time in the same place. They were living at the same time in the same place. They all lived together. They all showed up about the same time, and they all became extinct at the same time. So, dinosaurs saw flying reptiles every single day of their life, and flying reptiles made sure to stay out of the mouth of meat eaters. (laughs) All right, Declan, age four years old. Who was the fastest dinosaur? You know, Declan, the fastest dinosaur was probably Struthiomimus or Gallimimus, one of those. I think they would have been the fastest. Because just looking at their skeleton, their skeleton suggests they were very fast dinosaurs. I think they would have been the fastest. And then he said, did any dinosaurs live underground? You know, I have no doubt that small therapists, small meat eaters may have burrowed underground sort of the way uh, reptiles do today. Maybe even their little herbivores could build a little burrow. If you're out during the day, you can be spotted by so many predators. If you come out at night, it's a little safer. So if there were dinosaurs who burrowed to stay underground, they only stayed underground just when they were sleeping, but they probably didn't live their life there because that would be too difficult. They're not really made for excavating to be able to live their entire life. But I do believe they could build a small nest underground. All right, Evan from Alaska. I am six years old. My question is, how long was T-Rex's claws? Good question, Evan. The hand claws are about as long as your hand, Evan. If you're six years old, look at your hand. That's how long their hand claws were. Their foot claws were about the same length, only they were way fatter. The claws on the feet are big and thick because they're used to help it run, and they probably use those claws to hold down prey. So the foot claw is wider, fatter, but they're both about the same length. Oh, the foot claw was a little bit bigger. All right, Philip wants to know, are there any prehistoric scorpions other than pulnoscorpius or pulmon- pulmonoscorpius? Yes, Philip, there was a bunch of prehistoric scorpions. Um, I, don't, I don't know the names of them, but I know there was a bunch of them from small all the way up to some of the really big ones. So, yeah, there was a bunch. Scorpions are very successful animals. They've been around for hundreds of millions of years, and they're still around today. So there was a big variety, I have no doubt whatsoever. And finally, Caden was wondering if T-Rex's eyesight is based on heat. What an interesting question, Caden. Now, all of the evidence that we have about their eyesight... Is done by scientists who do CAT scans of the brain case. That means the spot where the brain was in the skull. That's called the brain case. A case is like a box that holds something. So the brain case is the part of the brain or part of the skull that held the brain. Scientists like my friend Professor Larry Whitmer, who does CAT scanning, those kind of scientists are able to look at the brain and they are able to tell what part of the brain was used for which sense? For instance, what part was used for smell? What part was used for vision? With Tyrannosaurus, a big part of its brain is used for its vision. And that means its eyesight was very good. It probably did not pick up heat. Because the reason why, uh, Caden, is it's such a big animal. It would be so high off the ground if its eyesight could pick up heat like night vision goggles, then it would almost have to be on top of the animal to see it because that's not the way its eyes were made. So I don't think they could visualize heat like a snake. I don't think like snakes can see heat, but that's because they have a special sensory organ on their nose. Dinosaurs don't have that. So I believe its eyesight was good. I think its eyesight was great, but I don't think they would have been able To pick up heat. All right, my friends, it is that time, the time that so many of you love, the time that so many of you enjoy. Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. Another benefit of being a Tyrannosaurus Rex member is you are able to submit who would wins? Here we go. This is from Charlotte, 86 six, from Santa Rosa, California. I just joined the T-Rex Club, and I have a who would win. Well, welcome to the club, Charlotte. Glad to have you with us. Who would win between Titanoboa, Smilodon, and Carcharodontosaurus? What a mix of animals. What a cool mix of animals. Smilodon, yeah, it's going to give you some pretty nasty bites, but I don't think Smilodon is going to survive either being chomped by a Carcharodontosaurus or squeezed by Titanoboa. So right away, everyone, let's all smile and wave goodbye to Spinosaurus. Goodbye, Spinosaurus. We loved you. I love cats. It's been nice knowing you. Good luck. That leaves Carcharodontosaurus versus Titanoboa. If Titanoboa would figure out a way to get its body around the chest of Carcharodontosaurus... Carcharodontosaurus cannot lower its head close enough to its body to get it off. Titanoboa would probably crush its lungs. It couldn't breathe. Now, Titanoboa couldn't eat Carcharodontosaurus, but it could still use its giant coils to wrap around it. But I don't think Titanoboa is going to get anywhere close. I think the champion of your battle, Charlotte, is going to be Carcharodontosaurus. For the win, because once it grabs that snake, it's gonna shake it like a puppy plays with a toy. That poor snake is gonna be whipping around going, Why did I ever do this? So the winner, Carcarodontosaurus. All right, Hugo and Ruben. Hi, Dinosaur George, who would win? Utah Raptor versus Mega Raptor. I am always gonna give the fight to Utah Raptor. Mega Raptor is big and had size, certainly had size. And that giant thumb claw on Mega Raptor's hand was a wicked weapon. But I believe Utah Raptors would have been a little faster and a little more agile. So I am giving this one to the mighty Utah Raptor. All right, Max. Max sent one and said, Who would win? Smilodon versus a Siberian Tiger. Love this matchup, Max. Love it. First of all, Smilodon has an edge with those ginormous teeth. And I think Smilodon may have been a little bigger than Siberian tigers, maybe. But what Siberian tigers have is the advantage of being newer animals. What I mean by that is Smilodons lived way in the past. Siberian tigers live now. They have the benefit of all of the lessons that their ancestors learned. Smilodon doesn't have that advantage. So I am going to say that although Smilodon has those massively powerful big teeth, I think the Siberian tiger, uh, at least we know how fast it is. We know how agile it is. Max, I'm going to give this one to the Siberian tiger, but I loved it. All right. Lucas sent one in. Argentinosaurus and Brachiosaurus working together against T-Rex and Guanlong, who are working together. Whoa, you got herbivores teaming up and you got carnivores teaming up. Well, Lucas, I believe even as mighty as Tyrannosaurus Rex is, I don't think they are going to stand a chance against an Argentinosaurus and a Brachiosaurus. Because Brachiosaurus is going to have the ability to stand up on its back legs and crush anything it lands on. And Argentinosaurus is going to be able to stomp on anybody or swing that massive tail. And even though I love Guanlong and Rex fighting together, they have bitten off more than they can chew. By the way, I said my sister's names are Mariana and Rita. They would also like a shout out. So Mariana and Rita, here's your shout out. Rita, who wants to have her own, who would win? A pack of Albertosaurus versus one Allosaurus. Well, I love Allosaurus, and it's hard for me to ever, ever bet against my favorite. But I have to in this particular case. A pack of Albertosaurus would be too much. Maybe even in a one-on-one fight, Albertosaurus might be too much. All right, Nathaniel, I have a who would win submission. Here we go. Who would win? carcarodontosaurus versus Spinosaurus versus Giganotosaurus. This is is the battle of the century. These are the titans. These are giant. There is roaring, screaming, stomping, slashing, chewing, biting, fighting. Who comes out of this mess? Who comes out of this mess alive? I'm probably going to surprise you all by saying I think it's Carcarodontosaurus. Why do I say that? Because I like carcaridontosaurus. This is a hard one, Nathaniel. This is a hard one to answer. Any one of these dinosaurs could win, depending on who gets the first bite. Wow, that's a tough one. All right, Declan and his dad, who is named Rob, wants to know who would win. T-Rex versus Darth Vader versus a robot. Never bet against Vader. Never bet against Vader unless your last name happens to be Skywalker. Yes, Vader's last name used to be Skywalker. But now, Skywalker is the only thing Darth Vader fears. This battle would go down quick. The robot wouldn't survive. Darth Vader would use a force choke, and the robot would be crushed. Darth Vader would simply turn T-Rex over to the dark side, and then he would ride him around his domain. Can you guys imagine Darth Vader riding a T-Rex? What could be more terrifying than that? And then finally, Lauren, my buddy from overseas, who would win in a battle royale? Rodan versus Mothra versus King Ghidorah versus Godzilla. I just said never vote. Or never bet against Vader. Never, ever bet against Zilla. Never bet against Godzilla because that dinosaur or that monster, that kaiju, is simply too great and glorious to win. Yes, Ghidorah would wipe out Mothra in very short order. Rodan wouldn't stand a chance. But Ghidorah against Godzilla, I put my money on Godzilla. all right let's take a listen to the interview I did just the other day and this one is really cool
0: how would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode well now you can Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member.
1: You know, one of the best things about being in the Tyrannosaurus club is your name gets put onto a big wheel, and we spin it, and if it lands on your name... You get to be interviewed. Well, guess what? That wheel spun and spun and spun and spun, and it finally stopped, and it landed on Kai. So, Kai, my little friend, welcome to your interview. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. Good. Kai, how old are you? Let me guess. You're 73 years old. Am I close? (laughs) i'm not even close how old how old are you kai are you four you're four so you're 74 years old (laughs) see i was close i said 73 and you said four so you must be 74 are you married kai (laughs) what i don't know anything i'm just asking you kid (laughs) so kai you are four years old that is exciting so, let's start off with the most important question. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? Yeah. Who is your favorite?
2: My favorite is...
1: Um, it's hard to pick, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Do you have a favorite meat eater? Let's start with meat eaters. Do you like, like allosaurus or T-Rex or raptors? Who is your favorite meat eater?
2: Um... Maybe something like
1: between um, Allosaurus or um, um, Albertosaurus. Nice. You know, those are both really interesting dinosaurs. Allosaurus is my favorite. But Albertosaurus is a dinosaur that doesn't get enough attention. I like Albertosaurus a lot. And, you know, I need to do a podcast about Albertosaurus. That'd be kind of a fun one, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. So that's the, the meat eaters. What about plant eaters? Do you have a favorite plant-eating dinosaur? I like Parasaur. Not, oh, so you like Parasaurolophus. You like the amazing. Hey, listen, our next lesson is going to be on Hadrosaurs, and we're going to talk about Parasaurolophus coming up. So I hope you get to be on that lesson. I think it's Friday. I think it's this Friday. Have mom check the calendar to make sure but i think it's this friday now i like that dinosaur too we sometimes call them duck bills because they kind of have a flat beak right what about that long tube on the back of its head do you know what that's for um
2: um there's two questions that i think i know all right That. um it could be maybe for like uh, um, like when it's going underwater it it can breathe through that and and to um, call other
1: parasaurolophuses. Very good. Now, I think you're right about using it to make sound. I think that's what it was for. But it doesn't have an opening at the back. So if it went swimming, it would just have to hold its breath. It couldn't breathe through it, even if it was sticking out of the water. Because there's not a hole at the top. But you know what would look silly? If you were on a boat and you saw that thing and it would almost look like a fin. And you're like, uh, I think that's a shark. And then all of a sudden a dinosaur stands up and you're like, uh, I don't think that's a shark. I think it's a dinosaur. So I like Parasaurolophus a lot. And I like like Albertosaurus too. So, (coughs) excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. I've been coughing all week, Kai. I don't know. I think I've got allergies. So, why do you why do you like Albertosaurus or Allosaurus? Do you like them because they're maybe faster or why, why do you like them more?
2: Um, because I know that Albertosaurus the Albertosaurus is, um can scare away um Tyrannosaurus Rex because I've seen it in um Dino
1: Yes, that's very good. Yeah, if there was a pack of Albertosaurus they certainly would be able to defend themselves against something like a single T-Rex. Um, now, I want to tell you something that I like a lot, Kai. When you joined the club, you sent me some really good who would wins. I like them very much. But Ooh. what I really liked is that you gave me some unusual mammals like, like uh, Smilodon, like the short-faced bear. You mentioned Kelinkin, a giant bird. Do you also like some of those animals, not just dinosaurs, but some of the other prehistoric animals?
2: Yeah, I love lots of them.
1: So can you tell me some of the ones that you think are interesting, not dinosaurs, but some of the other animals?
2: Um, like, um, I like terror birds. I like, like, you know, the short bears because I'm seeing I also like the Megaline.
1: Oh, nice! So you like the giant? Yeah, the Megaline was big and it lived in North America. So yeah,
2: I have a show of the short-faced bear and um, the Megaline, and they are fighting at the end.
1: Oh yes, are you talking about Jurassic yeah. Fight Club? Yeah, I've seen that show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw it once.
2: I almost saw, like, all of the the Jurassic Flight Club's um, shows.
1: You did? Well, I'm glad to hear that. I saw them, too. I've seen all of them. Can you believe that? I've seen all of them? Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? So, that's the shows that you like. What? And
2: also... I like Gastonia because that he can be you taller actor,
1: oh yeah, baby. I love Gastonia that's that that's like
2: when I first watched that show, uh-huh, um that's like the first time I saw the uh,
1: Gastonia well, you know that's why I put it in that show because when see, I wrote that show, I wrote Jurassic Fight Club, I wrote all of them. Um, and I came up with the battles. And so the reason why I chose Gastonia and Utah Raptor is I wanted people to learn about Gastonia because it's such a cool dinosaur.
2: Yeah. So. I'm, also, um, I was thinking maybe you could do a podcast about Majongasaurus.
1: Oh, now that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. I need to do that because that was my favorite episode when I wrote the series. I like that one. I made sure to work with the animators because I wanted that thing to look scary with all those things on its face. It looked pretty scary, didn't it? Yeah, it looked exactly like my brother. So (laughs) that's why I made it look like that. I showed him a picture of my little brother and I'm like... (laughs) can you make a dinosaur this scary? And they all scream run for your life! It's horrible! And then it turned out it was my brother. Okay, I might have made that part up, but it was pretty funny anyway. So, I loved your Who Would Wins because they had so many different animals. The terror birds were amazing. I will tell you this, Kai, when I was writing that show after the first season, I thought, I hoped we were going to do a second season because I was going to include a lot of terror birds. But I wasn't able to. We only did one season, but that's still okay. I still had fun. I used to have hair back in that show. I see kids all the time that come up and say, uh, you look different from that show. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I didn't shave my head back then. That's why, kid. <laughs> so, Kai, what grade are you going to be in school this, year, this next year? Do you know?
2: Um... I'm gonna
1: be in first grade. No, kindergarten. Kindergarten. Kindergarten, that's now are you in college right now? No. Oh, no, you're not in college? Okay. Have you got a job? Do you work somewhere? Do you have a driver's license? Do you drive to work? You have a car? You're in kindergarten and you have a car and you drive to work? <laughs> okay. What kind of kid is this?
2: I'm not in kindergarten yet.
1: Oh, okay. But you are married, and you're 74. I know that much about. You. So, does your no. w- does your wife take you to kindergarten and drop you off, or do you take the bus? How do you get there?
2: <laughs> I don't have a bus.
1: Well, what happened? You seem like you were so happy. You're 74, and you haven't gotten married yet. Look, kid, the clock is ticking.
2: <laughs>
1: so, are you
2: in kindergarten? <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Are you excited about going to school? I bet you're going to enjoy it. I I bet you're going to have so much fun. Kindergarten is is a great place, and I hope you have a lot of fun. Now, other than learning about dinosaurs, what other kind of things do you like to do? Do you like sports? Do you like to draw? What do you like to do?
2: I like to do, like, um, I like to draw. I like to pretend. Oh, good. I like to play in my mom and
1: dad's closet. Well, that's exciting. When I was little, listen, Kai, when I was little, I used to think mom and dad's closet, it could be a spaceship or I could pretend to be on an island. And to this day, I still remember how much I loved because playing in mom and dad's closet makes you feel very safe. So I'm glad that you do that, and that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, you like to pretend. What kind of things do you like to pretend about? Can you tell me?
2: I like to, uh, like, play with my
1: uncle. Nice. That sounds like, like fun.
2: I like to play with my auntie.
1: Good. That's Those are the best. And I'm
2: um, 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 Auntie, me, um, Auntie, um, always is, sometimes there tends to be a Spinosaurus and she, oh, and I always remind her about the fishy because she doesn't like the fish part.
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, if she's going to be a Spinosaurus, she has to like fish. That's just the way it goes.
2: Yeah,
1: but she doesn't actually like that way. Uh, Well, we need to sit down with Auntie, and we need to teach her about dinosaurs. I think that's the next thing on my list. Teach Kai's Auntie that if she's going to be a Spinosaurus, she has to like fish. There's no option. Sorry, Auntie. All right, we'll make sure and teach her. you don't even know where she is? Well, I'll find her if she's a Spinosaurus. I'm sure I can see her somewhere. (laughs) If I'm shopping in a store and I see a lady that walks by that looks like a Spinosaurus, I'll be like, hey, I know you. I know Kai. You need to start eating fish, lady. <laughs> hey, she's not a
2: Spinosaurus.
1: Oh, I thought your aunt was a Spinosaurus. <laughs> oh, is your wife a Spinosaurus.
2: No.
1: You have me so confused, Kai. I don't know who we're talking about. So your wife is a Spinosaurus. Your aunt doesn't like fish. This is the strangest interview I've ever had in my life.
2: Not aunt. Auntie.
1: Oh, auntie. Okay, well, that's better. So your auntie is a Spinosaurus who doesn't like fish.
2: No. And your wife
1: drives you to school because your wife drives a bus? No. All right. So, Kai, do you have favorite kind of toys? Do you have any dinosaur toys at all?
2: Um, I have lots of dinosaur toys.
1: Nice. Do you have a favorite one, or do you like all of them?
2: Um, I have a favorite one. uh, It's a Carnotaurus from Easter.
1: Nice. I like Carnotaurus a lot. That's really cool. That's only
2: because of the science. And then Superpowers from um, the Dinosaur King show.
1: Oh, nice. Very cool. Very cool. You know, those are good shows.
2: That's too. also why I like um, Parasaurolophus.
1: Ah, nice. Those are great choices. I-, I like those a lot. So when you have your toys, do you ever... Do you ever line them up with like meat eaters on one side and plant eaters on the other, or what do you do when you play with your toys?
2: Um, I like sometimes with uh, different toys of the dinosaurs. I put the 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 um, carnivores like in a big circle like a herd, and then all the other carnivores around them trying to pretend to attack them.
1: Oh, nice! Do the carnivores win?
2: Um. Always, I say that the herbivores win.
1: Ah, and you know what? In in real life, Kai, that would have probably been the case. You know when yeah. we, when we watch movies. Because I've been
2: hearing on uh, your um dinosaur George podcast, uh-huh. the Tyrannosaurus one that um that you couldn't. And get its prey
1: out of nine times out of ten. Nice! I'm so proud. I'm so glad that you were listening. Most people that listen to my podcast fall asleep in two minutes, <laughs> but you lasted for three. That means <laughs> that means no. I'm a success. <laughs> <laughs> So, I like
2: want to
1: open your whole podcast, too. I'm so glad. Now, do you think it's going to be funny when you hear your own voice on the next podcast? You're going to listen and be like, who is that kid talking? I think I know that kid. I think that kid has an auntie who's a Spinosaurus that doesn't like fish. I know that kid. He's 74 and he's married and going to kindergarten next year. Wait a minute. That's me! That's me! I'm that kid! <laughs> so finally, when you grow up, what would you? What do you think you want to be? Do you want to be a paleontologist, or is there something else you'd like to learn about?
2: I would want to be a doctor.
1: Really? So that's, that's a very good career. That's a very sound career. So you want to be a doctor. That's very good. Now, do you want to be a doctor that, like, helps people who get hurt or a doctor that operates on people? Do you know yet? Um,
2: I was thinking maybe something like, probably like if somebody gets sick or something.
1: That's a very, I'm very proud of you, Kai.
2: And they could die.
1: Right. But with a doctor, a doctor will help them. And that's yeah. what you want to be. I'm very proud of you. That's a very, very good thing. When people like you grow up, you help society, you help people, and that means that you are a really good person. You should make sure and tell mom and dad, thank you for raising such a good kid because I'm very proud of you. Is there anything you would like to ask me or any questions that you have?
2: I'm um, um, like, sometimes i but my stuffies and pretend they're they a pack or something with me. And like smilodons or wolves or something. Or I could just pretend like um sure face where um living packs and and
1: pretending. That's very good. Now we do think that the smilodon, the saber tooth cats, we think they may have lived in groups. We know the dire wolves lived in groups, we, we know that, but with, with the short-faced bear, I don't know if it lived in groups or if it liked to be alone, because it was so big, it could take away food from everybody. It just went and took everybody's food away. Yeah. So the short-faced it's, bear was big.
2: It's, it's like with the Terminator pig, or the killer pig, they can steal food from the hyena dog.
1: There you go. At a boy.
2: And two of them of the of the bear dogs um can actually steal the terminator pigs um, on the
1: Very do you know the names of either one of them or do you just know what they look like?
2: Um I know what they look like and their
1: What are their names? Can you tell me?
2: Yeah, so the bear-like one and a dog half um, is the bear dog, and the other one that looks like a pig is a Terminator pig, which was actually a killer pig. Then supersized super so it could be more accessible into the Terminator pig.
1: Well, are you sure you're not 74 years old, kid? Are you sure you are as smart as a 74-year-old? You know a lot about dinosaurs and prehistoric life. I'm very proud of you. I'm very, uh, I'm very proud of you. How did you get to be so smart?
2: Um, I've been watching lots of shows, love dinosaurs, and I've been reading lots of dinosaur books.
1: That's good, and I, I'm so glad, glad you're a good reader. I have over a hundred and fifty dinosaur books in my library because I still love reading and looking at the pictures. Do you have any books that have, like, really neat dinosaur pictures in them? Yeah. I have, I'll
2: have.
1: i show you one of my dinosaur ones. All right, go ahead. Go grab me a book. While we're waiting for everybody, Kai is running into his room to grab a dinosaur book because he wants to show me one of the ones he likes. And because I am so proud of all of you for being good readers, I hope you... Have books that you like too. I read lots of books. I got two. You. you got two. What was that? Okay, there we go. You brought two books. All right. Kai has returned, and it looks like he's got a book. Uh oh, it's a pop-up book. Oh, how cool is this? It's a pop-up book. You oh, can you, can you tell me Look about this. that book? Who's this guy, Kai?
2: Inconda sore. This
1: one's in Now this is one the triceratops. Oh, look at that. Kai has opened his book and a triceratops jumps up. Oh, that is so cool. That is a big sauropod. Every time he opens a page, a new one pops out. Oh, that's a chicken. That's beautiful. And then is a skunk? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and there's a moose. Okay, I'm making all these up. That's not in there. What he has is, is that Carnotaurus or is that Tyrannosaurus rex? Um, They are closely related to
2: Tyrannosaurus rex and the chicken.
1: Oh, nice. So you have pop-up books, which are very exciting. I like them very much. Oh, wow. Is that Microraptor or is that Archaeopteryx? Can you tell me? It's Microraptor. Wow, that's almost life-size, Kai. That's almost life-size. That's almost how big they were in real life. That is so cool. So you've got the most amazing pop-up books. Wait, is that a book with sharks in it? Uh, Don't show me a shark. I'm scared of sharks. Don't do it, kid. Don't do it. Don't do it. Ah, Run for your life. It's a shark. Okay, Kai just attacked me with a shark. Why would you attack me with a shark, you naughty little kid?
2: And look at these are mosasaurs trying to attack
1: you. What, why am I being attacked? What did I do to deserve this? What kind of a kid tries to eat me with a shark and a mosasaur?
2: And, and all of the other ones in the dinosaur one tried to eat you.
1: Uh, Well, I have a secret weapon, Kai. I can stop anything. Do you want to know what... That's
2: makes- because all of my dinosaurs in this book can't can, can be stopped, even by yours.
1: <laughs> I have the deadly stink bomb under my arm. <laughs> it can stop anything, Kai. My deadly stink bomb is so bad. If I smell it... Blech, blech. <laughs> all right, Kai. This is going to be heard by people all over the world. Is there anything you would like to tell all of the children who listen to this all over the world? Would you like to say hello or what would you like to say to them?
2: I would say Hi.
1: Well, that is very nice, and I'm sure they're all saying hi back to you. Kai, did you have fun doing this interview? Well, I learned a lot about you. I learned that you're very smart, that you're very polite, that you know a lot about prehistoric life, that you're 74 years old, that you're married, that your auntie is a Spinosaurus who doesn't like fish. (laughs) I have learned a lot of things about you, kid. Kai, I hope you're able to make it to our next meeting. I hope you make it to some of the meetings because I've got some really cool stuff to teach you about, and I hope you enjoy doing this podcast. It will go out in a couple of days. And by the way, the podcast is going to be about Maya Sora. Have you ever heard of Maya Sora? Nice. All right, buddy. Thank you so much, Kai. I hope you had fun. You were amazing. All right, my friends. I hope you enjoyed that interview. What a good kid. I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Remember, if you get an opportunity, I would love to see you create a nest with your dinosaur toys or draw me a picture of a nest. Go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. It's totally free. That's where you can post your pictures and your drawings. You can also send questions through that as well. I hope you would become a Patreon club member. We have lessons. We have two lessons every month for the Raptor and T-Rex members. And then we have one a month for the Triceratops members. You get some other cool stuff for the other two for the Raptor and T-Rex club levels. You get some cool replicas. Thank you all so very much for enjoying the podcast. Thank you for listening. And I hope you guys stay tuned. I will try to do a lot more this summer. See ya! Be kind to each other, be kind to everybody else, practice your reading, and use good manners.